Hello, my beautiful people. For new listeners, welcome, and for old listeners, welcome back. My name is Amelia, the host of the show, and this is Welcome to Camp Mutant, the official Logan Marshall podcast. Hey guys, congratulations on making it to Welcome to Camp Mutant Part 2. Um, I left off with Part 1 where I was talking about all like the very first the very first beginnings of my story and about the about the book I was writing in year five. Anyway, in this in this episode I'm going to um evaluate on the genres, on how I decided on the genres and the ages of my characters and those who I kept, those who I took out, and essentially the storyboarding part of rewriting the story. So, anyway, I'll begin with talking about the on the genre side of things. So, around this time, so the reason why I wrote that story in year five was because I was starting to get really fond of mythology. Um, so, they were teaching uh, Greek mythology at the time in year five, and I was really intrigued on all the stories about the about the stories of the gods and the heroes and all that and all the all the made up monsters like Medusa and the Minotaur. Anyway, so when I was writing my book, I had that theme in mind about mythology. So like Greek, Roman, Egyptian, and it's not just me that thought about using mythology in my stories. It's actually a lot of books and stories in general and movies that relate to the mythology side of things like Harry Potter for example J.K. Rowling actually took a huge chunk of what we know about Harry Potter's universe out of Greek Greek and Roman mythology like say the centaurs for instance those were out of Greek mythology the sphinxes for instance those were out of Egyptian mythology and and you get the gist and Fluffy the three-headed dog he she she got the inspiration from him out of Cerberus, the three-headed guard dog of, of Hades, of the underworld. And fun fact is that the Hunger Games, that entire maze thing where 14 contributes go, and to, go to sacrifice themselves or fight to the death or whatever, that was actually inspired by... The idea of Daedalus's labyrinth, so the labyrinth where the Minotaur was kept, and the labyrinth that which Daedalus, the genius inventor that made, um, yeah, the Hunger Games was actually inspired by that. And one day, like Crete had a war with Athens, and then in honor, so it's like an exchange. So Athens didn't want war with Crete, and in exchange, they promised that they will send 14 so seven boys seven girls so like seven of their most courageous boys and seven of the most beautiful girls in to crete to sacrifice to the minotaur if crete laid laid off athens and didn't go to war so that's basically where the hunger games was got caught off of um anyway so back to mythology and well, actually, there's something I'd like to mention as well, that 
Um, I don't know if any of you guys have either read or heard of the Percy Jackson stories, but I am a huge fan of them. And the author, Rick Riordan, he sets the tone of Percy's universe in Greek mythology, but also set in modern times. So it's like a modern kid who's living in times where Greek gods are real. And that's where I got inspiration for my book and, and my book after and that book after. So I'm going to get into where and how I tried to find inspiration from it, not just on the mythology side of things. So I knew I wanted mythology to be a main base of the book, but I also tried to find inspiration elsewhere for other ideas. So my brain is a natural idealist. Like if I was in a really boring class, for example, um, like say at my old school, I'm not going to name the school. Um, teachers of the school, if you recognize what I'm saying in this, please don't feel offended. This was just my way of seeing and how I was learning and I wasn't learning that way. Anyway, um, from, uh, just going away from apologizing to the teachers. Anyway, so I tried to find ideas for the book. Uh, but at the time when I was trying to find ideas, so I was like 11 or 12 years old, and it was really hard to try and find a book that you didn't judge by its cover. So I'm pretty sure we all know that when we were younger, we would only read books if their covers were really cool. Like say, if t take for example the Twilight covers. There's the very first cover on the Twilight is an apple. And with me, for example, I find that the more detailed the cover is, the more about the story you know. So when I looked at the Twilight cover, I was like, oh, is this book about apples? That's actually not what the book is about. Um, <laughs> yeah, the book the book isn't about apples. It's, like, about vampires and all that kind of stuff. It's really boring. Um, well, probably not boring. Well, it was, probably, it was boring for me. Um, any Twilight fans listening, please don't feel offended. Anyway, um, so the more detailed the cover, the more interested I was in the book. So that's how it was back then when I was a kid. So... It was really hard to try and find that. So there was nothing on my bookshelf. There was nothing in the library. And I couldn't find anything to read while I was taking a dump. So it was just a whole heap of plain nothing. And being the child that I was, I turned my attention to Netflix and searched for a film that I could watch and bounce some ideas off. You know, as you do. Because you're a kid. You're like a 10-year-old kid. You're writing a book. And you want some ideas. And you can't find any books in the library. You watch movies. Like X-Men. I don't know. Whatever 10-year-olds are watching. Definitely not My Little Pony. But <laughs> anyway, so um, I'm just going to go through a quick recap. So I wrote my first novel in year 5, deleted it in year 6 because it didn't make any sense, plagiarized a movie, rewrote a whole 300 pages worth of dialogue and description. Remember that next time your teacher makes you rewrite a two-page essay on robotics and made a completely new plot. Anyway. So, I watched a couple of movies, and I was deciding on my genres. So, the ones that I had that stood out to me the most was, obviously, mythology. It was also fantasy, action, sci-fi, supernatural, and anything to do with superpowers. So, at that time, I, I was like one of those kids that didn't play with Barbie dolls. So, I was one of those girls that didn't play with Barbie dolls. I played with Batman action figures with my brother with my little brother, and we would 
we would make fun of the female action figures because they just look really bad. And we loved all the male action figures because, you know, they look really cool with their capes and their abs and everything. Um, so, yeah, that was that. And when I was writing the book, I had all these genres. So when I was rewriting my book, I had all these genres in my mind. And the book came to be one story that was like a blend of all different kinds of genres. But if I had to narrow it down, it would be a YA fantasy mythology, mythological fictional thing. Anyway, so I had the genre written. So I had the genre down. And now it was time for me to decide on on my characters. So who I kept, who I included um, from the original plagiarized book, uh, who I took out, new names, new faces. Um, in the plagiarized book that I wrote, um, so Logan, the main character Logan, he is the son of... So let me just explain here. So when I was writing, I knew I wanted to write about mythology, like I said before. But the thing was, I didn't want to write about a mythology that already existed. So I didn't want to write about Greek mythology. I didn't want to write about Egyptian. I didn't want to write about Aztec, um, which would probably be a very cool mythology. I didn't want to write about Indian. I didn't want to write about all these cultures that had all these mythologies because, you know, oh, that, that, requires, wish, that requires research. And I was too lazy to do any research. So I made up my own mythology from scratch. And so there's this file on my computer. And this file is labeled. And within that file, there is like 50 different documents alone dedicated to this book series that I'm writing, even though there's only one book. So you can imagine how much work I'm trying to put into this mythology because I was too lazy to do any research and I wanted to make up my own stuff. So in order to make up my own stuff, I had to make my own documents on each individual thing. So I have like documents on on the gods that I made up. I have documents on the places I've made up. I've made documents on the monsters that I made up, which if you listen to the first episode, there was like a little script thing at the very start before the introduction where I was explaining about behemoths, which in musty mythology is that I made up is about behemoths are another word for monsters, and that's basically what the and that's basically what they were. So I made up my mythology, and the main protagonist that I had. So I might have told you guys that. When I wrote my novel in year five and I was rewriting it in year six, I didn't want to keep the names of the characters that I already made up because, you know, those characters didn't work out too well and I didn't want to keep them. But there was a couple names in there that still connected with me that I was like, oh, these names are really cool. I want to keep them. So I made up. So for the protagonist in my new book, I made up four different characters. Protagonist. The main protagonist is Logan Marshall who is the son of the king of the gods, Zeb. So I'm not going to explain this all in this episode because it'll take too long, but I'll make an entirely new episode uh, later into this later into this podcast dedicated on, dedicated on the gods. And yeah, so 
hold on, my word is acting up. So I dedicated all this to this to these gods, and I made up all these four characters. So and these characters. So the main character is called Logan, and then we have his best friend Nathan Spade, and then we have these two kids that he meets at this place where he goes, Camp Mutant. Um, they're called. So he meets these two girls. They're called Jamie and Artemis. And together, the four of them make up this quest to retrieve the Trident of Poilus, which is the main central for the plot, which I will get into. So, yep, so those are the characters. And because the my first book about making them teenagers didn't work out because I wasn't a teenager, I made all these... I made all these characters around the ages between 12 and 14 because that, because that was the age where I was at that I could relate to to what I was doing. So Logan, Artemis, and Jamie were 12, and then Nathan was 13. And, and so the characters, diving into the characters, the characters are a lot more complicated um, to try and bring to life. So I think anyone listening to this podcast, I think you all might have read a book that had characters that had like this really cool plot. Like, for example, um, so for example, you read this book, it had a really cool plot. It had a really good story. It had really good things that tied together. It had really good side quests, all that kind of stuff. But the only thing that didn't connect with the book was the characters and the characters is basically what makes the book come to life so it doesn't matter if you have a really good plot what matters is if the reader sees themselves within the characters that you're writing about so originally i made logan have a disability which was adhd and i know that's used in percy jackson but there was a reason that i used adhd as well was because there was a lot of kids at my school that had problems like that, essentially. Um, conditions that uh, failed to help them with their learning, that helped, had them struggle. So that was one reason why Logan had it. But because it seemed too similar to a certain thing, and my parents didn't want, didn't want that to be plagiarized, because if someone read Percy Jackson and then they read Logan Marshall, they would think that they were copied, even though there's completely different reasons as to why both characters would have ADHD. So instead, I made Logan have another disability, which isn't actually a disability, but instead of having ADHD, he has two different colored eyes. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but he has been bullied pretty much all his life because he had one eye that's blue and one eye that's half blue and half gold. And people would think it's like a birth disability or something. And you would have kids that are like, oh, that's so cool. I wish I had your eyes. It would be so pretty. It will go with my gold jewelry and everything. And then you have kids that are like, dude, go see a doctor. You're going to die or something. I don't know. Whatever it is. And so Logan's been struggling with that. And that's one character trait that I kept with with his character because yeah what when i made up my characters i wanted them to have personalities i wanted them to have feelings i wanted them to have all sorts of stuff that my original book didn't have so i'll dive into the characters a lot in a later episode 
Um, but right now, I'm just going to start with... I'm going to... So, yeah, that's basically it. And... So, Logan doesn't have that much of a, of a tragic backstory, but I will go... That Logan... I'll dive into his backstory later in another episode. So, and all the other characters' backstories into a later episode. So, anyway, I'm going to go on with the storyboarding. So, with my first copy of the book, I didn't storyboard at all. I basically direct copied from the film, from a film, and... Yeah, that just turned out really terrible, and the story was actually quite boring if you reread that story compared to the new story. So, when I was rewriting my book, I had to map out what was going to happen. So... I would, there will be times where I kept a chapter as it is and only changed a couple stuff, and there will be other times where I had to take out an entire chapter and rewrite an entirely new one. So the book in total has around 22 to 26 chapters, maybe. And, yeah, there was, there was a huge chunk of those chapters that I had to rewrite. So I had to storyboard on everything and try to make everything connect at the end. Um, so the plot of the story was that someone stole a very important item from a god, and that god is blaming Logan because, well, the god is Poilus. So Poilus is the god of the sea, and he thinks that Logan stole his trident because Poilus is envious of his father, Zeb, and Zeb is the king of the gods. So Poilus thinks... So if this makes sense, Poilus thinks that Logan stole it because Logan is the son of Zeb and, you know, Poilus is just a jealous guy. And so he has no reason for blaming Logan, but he kind of does because he hates it, because he hates Zeb for some reason. Anyway, so that's the main plot and Logan's forced to go on a quest and try and find it. And then he has uh, Artemis, Jamie and Nathan to help him, Where, which I go into I'll go into the story a bit more but this is the part where he gets where there's an augury so there's an augury involved so an augury is kind of like a prophecy and that prophecy describes or well, what's going to happen on the quest and it's like riddles and everything so I can so I'm going to read this prophecy that I found well, I didn't find, but I made up. And it, the prophecy in itself connects to everything that the characters do in the story. So, I'm just trying to find it here. Okay, here it is. So, the prophecy, so the augury goes like this. Four mutants will go outside boundary walls. They will meet the half-blood that ignored Camp's calls. He shall fail to save the one that comes close to death, but return the lost item upon his last breath. The one that befriended him, then betrayed his trust, shall try to kill, leaving him in pain and rust. I'm not going to recite that again, because I've already recorded two episodes in this last hour. So, yeah. If you want to go back and listen to it, you can just go back. Um, but that was the augury, and that augury pretty much shapes whatever the characters do within the story. I'm not going to explain it, because that would be spoilers for the book, and I don't want to spoil anything. So, back to the storyboarding. Um, so, like I said, the augury shaped what they did, 
and the storyboarding was that I had to try and f- make everything seem like it's leading up to like this big event. So eventually the characters get trapped in like in this place. I'm not going to say because that would be spoilers and I don't like spoilers. And for some people who do like spoilers, then bad luck. Um, I'm not going to say anything. So the spoilers, why do I keep saying spoilers? Anyway, so the storyboarding, there's a couple new characters that I added in. There's a whole chunk that I took out. It's one thing that stands out in the story is the importance of, for those who have read the original, original manuscript, like my, like my really close friend, Emily, um, shout out to you, Emily. The original manuscript was that Logan's mother was captured, which sounds, I'm not going to say it. Anyway, so Logan's mother was captured and that pretty much almost drives his decision but Logan was mostly focused on fighting the tri- finding the trident of Poilus because if he didn't, then Poilus would wreak havoc upon the world because he's a jealous guy. Anyway, so that's pretty much Logan's motivation in this story to prevent the world from from being destroyed. So he goes. So Logan's mother didn't have a big point in this story if you think about it. So. And so her importance was a big thing in the original manuscript, but I took that out because Logan, when I read, reread that, that original manuscript, um, Logan doesn't seem to think, Logan just doesn't, I'm not going to say he doesn't care, but I'm going to say that he had more on his plate and that the, the capture of his mother wasn't needed in that story it didn't drive the plot it didn't help anything so that's why i took it out and there and instead i took so when i took her out i didn't take her out completely so there's still references to his mother in the story so anyway um i added in a completely new character called miles um i will elaborate on him in future episodes and yeah so that's basically that's basically it um so yeah there's a whole heap of stuff that went into rewriting this um like brand new plots brand new characters characters yeah i can't speak today so brand basically a whole heap of stuff that was brand new like it came like it came in like this box with a with a sticker on it like fragile handle with care and then the box just exploded everything everywhere and it was just brand new everything so that's what this story was and it was a really big adventure in what it was and essentially so to recap on both of these episodes was that i read i wrote a novel deleted the novel because the novel was boring, plagiarized this movie, deleted that, deleted that manuscript that was plagiarized off that movie, um, got a whole bunch of inspiration from, you know, mainly superhero movies, and was really, really inspired by mythology. In future episodes, I will elaborate on the mythology side of things, um, but right now, I'm just going to leave it at here, guys. Um, don't worry, this is, this is not over, this is not over. Um, but 
next episode, I will be diving into... So it's a special episode. So I think every two episodes, I'll make a special episode. So every two episodes that I explain about the book, I'll make a special episode that kind of elaborates on the book, but also refers to other stuff. So this special episode is going to be on Disney's Hercules, um, which elaborates on the mythology side of things. And yeah, so that's basically it. Uh, Thank you for listening, guys, and I'll see you again soon. And well, my friends, that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I will return soon to make more on this podcast. Um, Yeah, so see you later, Half-Bloods.